Would you like to be able to improve your communication and your relationship or when you're going out dating? Today, we're going to be talking about communication. So stay tuned for today's podcast and press subscribe right now so you don't miss any episode. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of information and resources to help you improve your relationships. Or if you'd like to find out more about the podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com where we have more information about our podcast and extra notes about this episode. Welcome to the Relationship Maze podcast. And today we're talking about communication. Yes, so communication is always hailed as the number one focus to sort out your relationship. So ask anyone about what's going to improve your relationship and they will tell you it's communication. But what do we actually mean by that uh, when we talk about communication? So today we're going to be looking at how best to communicate, how not to communicate and what to communicate about. But before we start talking about communication, and I mean verbal communication, I think it's really important to emphasize that communication is not only about words. So there are many, many different ways in which we communicate. Uh, we communicate through our body language, by looking at our partner longingly, for example, or with anger. Uh, we communicate, for example, by rolling our eyes, indicating that you know we're not happy about something that's being said. We communicate through touch, uh, by you know, stroking or hugging our partner. So there are many, many different ways in which we communicate. Just to be really clear about this, communication is not just about talking. Yeah, I mean, in fact, you know, when you said about how sometimes we might communicate sort of longingly or we might communicate sort of disdain or whatever the words. Yeah, contempt. Or contempt. Yeah. Well, you know, and to one person, what, giving a look of uh, longingness might be interpreted as the opposite by the other person yeah. because it's not just what we think we're communicating it's also how we interpret it and one important principle here I think is uh, thinking about that there is no no communication yes we're communicating so, yeah, all so the time. everything yeah. and, and this is the thing it's like you know mm. I've known people that said well I'm really angry with this person so I'm just not going to communicate with them I'm just going to sit in a room and not talk and, and in fact, that's some more powerful communication than saying something. Yes. You know, you go into a room with somebody that you know and maybe had a disagreement mm-hmm. and you sit down and just cross your arms and say, <laughs> well, no, not going to communicate with them. Yeah, the classic sulking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. passive aggressive sulking, but not, not saying anything, but indicating to your partner that you're really angry. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So every, everything that we do is a communication, even not communicating. I mean, think right now, you know, uh, think Mm. of a friend who you haven't been in touch with for a while or a friend that you've spent quite a lot of time in the past communicating with and making arrangements with, Mm. but they don't get in touch with you much or they haven't been in touch with you. And you thought, well, you know, I always make the effort, Mm. so I'm I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to wait for them to make the effort. Mm. And then what happens when they don't communicate with you? What, you know, what do you say to yourself? I mean, if you Mm. have that experience, Yeah, absolutely. It's really frustrating. And uh, I come up with all sorts of interpretations. But in the end, it doesn't really change anything, does it? I can get sulky about it. But it's a lot more effective to just go and and check with a friend what's going on, what we haven't heard for, you know, I haven't heard for a while. You know, would you like to meet up or are you busy? I mean, it's it's just finding out why there hasn't been uh, any contact for a while. That's way more effective. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, people are different. They may not communicate with you, not because they don't care about you, but because 
Um, some people get very wrapped up in what they're doing. Maybe they're under a lot of stress, or maybe their personality type is very different. Yeah, you know, like you go and see the same film together, and you come out, and one of you thinks that was an amazing film, mm. and the other thinks, well, that was really boring. Yeah. You know, why is it that with somebody you think you get on really well with, you have a very different experience? And it comes down to how you know how we filter the world, our mm. sort of our personality preferences, as as you might say as you might call them. Yeah, and I think we should pick up on that another time, just that would be really important to talk about. But just sort of coming back to communication and um, just sort of starting this conversation by saying that it's important to, uh, you know, that communication takes place all the time, so it's not just verbal communication. But I think what I wanted to add here also is that it's not necessarily always about relationships are not necessarily strong because you talk a lot, sometimes you might talk a lot and still have difficulties. It's also sometimes about doing something together, having some fun together, having joyful experiences together. So talking is not always the number one way of resolving conflict. But of course, it's a really, really important tool that we have because, well, for, what we, for all the reasons that we're going to talk about today, why is it important? So let's start with the, the how. How do we communicate? So how, what's the best way of, of talking to your partner? Uh, it's really important, <clears throat> particularly when it comes to more challenging conversations, when often there is silence or an avoidance of the communication, that it's actually important to address the issues that need to be talked about when there's some something that you're not happy about. So that it, it's important to kind of sit down and have a conversation about it, or regularly to sit down and have conversations about anything, really. And there's certain rules that need to be established. So particularly when it comes to more uh, to talks or conversations which are related to conflictual topics. Um, so one of the rules might be that you have to set aside some time to have this conversation and to establish with your partner whether this is the right time to talk about something that might be a little bit more challenging for them. So, for example, if your partner is in the middle of doing something, they're still busy on the computer because they've got to fire off another email, that might not be the best time to ask your partner to have a conversation about something that you find very frustrating. You're not going to have their attention. So that would be one rule. Another rule might be um, that you uh, decide to just talk about one thing at the time and not a whole host of frustrations that you have. So, so if you want to talk about your partner being late all the time um, after work uh, and you're waiting there with your dinner, you've cooked it and you know partner's still not at home, then talk about that, but don't talk about all sorts of other frustrations that you have at the same time. It gets too overwhelming and it doesn't actually then address the one issue that you need to address. Do you want to come in with another rule or shall I, no, you can't shall I, go shall I keep going? Okay, uh, so another rule talking about the, the idea of picking up just one thing is also just pick up the one thing and don't talk about uh, other complaints that you have from the past. The sort of conversations which sometimes go down the lines of you always do this or you never do that. That's not helpful. Stick with the present, stick with now and stick with the one thing that you want to address. Um, yeah, so do you yeah and, and also, you know, another thing that I'd like to add to that is, is how you express this as well. Yeah. So don't express it with blame. Mm -hmm. So it's a great way to start that conversation is to say, I feel X. Yeah. So not like I feel that you're a really annoying person because that's still blaming. But I feel, you know, I feel upset about 
um, how we communicated the other day, and I'd like to look at some ways we can resolve that. Mm-hmm. So oh, I feel, you know, I felt stressed or I felt overwhelmed when you were telling me about X, mm-hmm. and you know, let's let's explore some ways that we can kind of resolve that, kind of work this out better in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's really important, first of all, to express how you're feeling, how it made you feel, because. You know, if we're saying something that could be challenging to the other person, it's very natural that they may become defensive if we put it in the wrong way. If we put it in a way that it feels like we're blaming, mm-hmm. even when the person knows that maybe they have some responsibility about that, whenever we feel blamed, we, we instantly put up these defences. And when we're defensive, we may get more emotional, we may kind of deny things, we may kind of, uh, in our non-verbal communication, even if we appear to be uh, giving away a positive response, we might seem to be like, we're not really kind of on on, on track with that. And that's because we're feeling defensive. So starting with, I feel X. So if somebody that you care about says, you know, I I felt really upset when we had this conversation, now, what do we want to do? Well, you know, if we know that somebody you care about feels upset, we want to listen. We want to kind of see if there's something we can do to help with that emotional response. Whereas if I had started with, you know, you, you mustn't keep shouting at me, you mustn't do X, Y, or Z, well, immediately it's like, what was I doing? Or was yeah. I doing that? The it's more, yeah, just we just shut us come down. Mm. So starting with kind of opening about your feelings can be really important. Yeah, good. Yeah, so we talked about right time, um, right conversation, feeling statements, taking responsibility for what you want to bring and and the impact something is having on you so that your partner can understand that. Also the right place, so it's not a good idea maybe to have this uh, discussion in the middle of the kitchen when there are kids around, other people listening, or in a coffee shop where other people can listen in, just to make sure that you actually have the space where you can have this this you know conversation which might be uh, experienced as a bit more challenging. And actually along with that, um, I'd, I'd suggest that actually sometimes doing some activity at the same time can also be useful. So mm-hmm. if you're going out for a walk yeah. where you're basically, uh, you're kind of doing something else but you're, you're kind of physically in a different environment, mm-hmm. sometimes that can be a good place for a difficult conversation. Yeah. Rather than saying, well, let's go into this room, let's go to this place. Yeah. And you know that place becomes associated with mm-hmm. like almost like the naughty step when you're a kid. Absolutely. So every time your partner says, well, you know, let's just meet here, and you instantly <laughs> know, oh, what have I done now? So it's that sort of thing. That's true. Yeah, and it's, it's the same with kids, actually, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you've got teenage children, uh, and you want to kind of talk to them about something, and you know, with teenagers, they often might not talk to you. Mm-hmm. you know, if if your teenager or if your child will will kind of do something with you still, like go bowling or whatever it happens to be, uh, sometimes those are the times where they actually will talk. Mm-hmm. So where they're engaged in some other activity, yeah. or you're kind of traveling somewhere. Um, those can be times when actually people are okay talking about things where often they clam up. So, yeah. so finding a location where you know it might not be the usual environment mm-hmm. can be quite a good thing. Yeah, particularly if you're not sort of sitting opposite each other, which can be experienced as confrontation. If you're walking side by side, you're not looking at each other, that might be easier. You might feel less uh, less defensive when having this conversation. So that's that's absolutely true. Good point. Sometimes in the car, these conversations can be helpful as well. If you don't have to concentrate too much on 
on the road, but just to have a sort of gentle conversation about it can be helpful. Yeah, but also in the car, just be really aware that if if, if it likely is to get emotional, don't have <laughs> it in the car because like it, you know, yeah. when you're in a car, your car is basically a, is a dangerous weapon. Yeah, so okay, okay. you know, okay, if you're I'll take that, that back. So we, well, I said it to us actually. we take it? with care? Absolutely. Good. So we've talked a little bit about how um, how to communicate, some rules around that that need to be established. Now, really importantly, what uh, what are the ways that you should not com- um, communicate? And therefore, <clears throat> that have been identified by John Gottman. So he's one of the leading marriage consultants, relationship consultants in the States. He came up um, <clears throat> with four uh, ways of communication that are particularly undermining for relationship uh, relationships. And he called it the four horsemen of relationships because they are... They are the kind of ways that really undermine and destroy a relationship and lead lead you down the path of destruction. Well, the first one is criticism. And lots of people might say, well, what's wrong with criticism? You know, I, I'm entitled to criticize my partner sometimes. Um, criticism is okay if it's a critique, so to speak, if it's not an attack. If it's um, any form of criticism, anything that's just perceived as an attack by your partner is not going to be responded to well. So if you have a legitimate uh, complaint and you present it in a way that we've just discussed, that will be received very differently from your partner than criticism. Whereas criticism, <clears throat> constant criticism, is, is, is leading you down the path to further destruction in the relationship. It's experienced as nagging by the partner and it's not actually resolving any issues in the relationship. So the second one <clears throat> that uh, Gottman, uh, got, sorry, the second horseman that Gottman identified is contempt. And contempt is one of the leading factors usually that uh, lead to divorce. So if there's a lot of contempt in the relationship, that's a very strong indicator that your relationship is actually quite on quite shaky grounds and needs some serious looking at. So contempt is this um, putting your partner down. It's often expressed, for example, through sarcasm in the relationship, through eye rolling. So as soon as your partner says something, you roll your eyes. That is a sort of an all-round attack on your partner and communicating to the partner that uh, they're not good enough, that they are, you know, not not worthy enough, something along those lines. So if there is a lot of contempt in the relationship, this relationship is in serious trouble and needs some looking at. The third horseman uh, that Gottman identifies is defence, and we've already talked about defences. Uh, Tom just mentioned them earlier on. So um, if you are being uh, criticised by your partner, the first response is likely to be a defensive response because you want to, nobody likes to be under attack. If you're under attack, you defend. And that's kind of quite normal. We all defend to, to different degrees all the time in our life. But if we are moving into this direction all the time where we constantly defend, we're not taking in anything anymore that our partner's bringing to the conversation, we are actually effectively stopping any effective communication in the relationship. So watch that as well. Notice when you're constantly saying, but, 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 yeah? Uh, So your partner says something, you come back with, well, but you always do this, you always do that. Then that creates a cycle where the partner then starts to blame more and you kind of, you you go, you're on this merry-go-round of constant blame and attack, uh, blame and defense, it's not actually taking you anywhere. So uh, with 
uh, defense really what's to take away from here is just to be mindful that you also have responsibility sometimes in the relationship and and it's it's maintaining this kind of open stance first of all find out what the partner's got to say before you immediately jump in with a defense and the final uh, horseman identified by God, Godman is the sort of like a, uh, an acceleration or, uh, uh, of defensiveness is stonewalling, where literally the shutters are completely down. And stonewalling is very often uh, a response to contempt. So if you have a very contemptuous partner who puts you down all the time, you, uh, you protect and defend yourself by just blocking off completely, by kind of completely withdrawing from the relationship not engaging at all and this might be literally that you are physically uh, exiting the room so your partner says oh you've done the dishes again today and off you go uh, you're you're gone uh, you're not engaging with this kind of conversation anymore um, so if this continues again and again and again you're just literally um, not engaging at all with your partner well there can't be any communication nothing can be addressed anymore so we might do another podcast on the four horsemen. They're really interesting. There's lots to unpack around these particular presentations. And they're certainly the kind of presentations I usually experience when I work with couples and couples therapy. So one of them, one or the other, uh, will, will show up in troubled relationships. But back to, we've talked about the how, how to communicate, the how not to communicate. Let's talk about what to communicate about, which is just equally important. And uh, what have we got on our list? I'm just turning the page now. So the first thing to communicate about are our expectations that we have of our partner. What do we what, what do we want from our partner? And there is a lot. It's a big bundle of expectations that we need to unpack a little bit about. What, what do we mean by that? Yeah, and expectations. I mean, there's two ways of seeing this: is that we have certain needs, we have certain wants when we are in a relationship. At the same time, we have certain expectations, and it's also examining, you know, are our expectations in the first place? Um, are they kind of um, are they realistic? Are mm. they are they unrealistic? Because if we have unrealistic expectations, then we're always going to feel unsatisfied. Yeah. Uh, and some people in relationships, you know, a lot of people I meet feel unsatisfied. They feel their expectations aren't being met. Mm. And sometimes that's because they haven't communicated what they need, what they want. Mm. Sometimes it's because um, they're in the wrong relationship, maybe. Or but sometimes it's because they have unrealistic expectations. So first of all, you need to know, you know, what are your expectations? Mm. Are they realistic? Mm -hmm. um, with the person you're with, it's negotiating how you can meet their needs and their wants as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so that there's communicating, you know, what, what are, the, are some of these expectations in the first place? And just being really clear about your underlying assumptions about relationships and about the other person. So if your assumption is that the weekend is always set aside for us as a couple, we have to spend time together as a couple, if your partner then goes off and plays football or goes to singing classes or whatever every weekend, you might feel a sense of disappointment um, and you might feel like your partner's letting you down or you're not important enough in the relationship. But that's a huge assumption, isn't it? Um, and that needs to be clarified. So any kind of expectation, any underlying assumption needs to be clarified so that you make sure that you're on the same page. And then you can negotiate around that. Um, and your partner might communicate that it's really important for them that they do something uh, on their own, for example, at the weekend and not spend the whole weekend together. 
that's okay as long as you come to some sort of agreement around this. Yes, and it's finding some sort of agreement. And also, you know, both people looking into that, because again, if you don't see your partner much in the week and you, know, you do tend to spend time the weekends with them and they're off playing football both days in the weekend, so you don't see them until the weekend, then, you know, you have to think, well, actually, maybe that's that's quite right that you don't feel that mm -hmm. uh, your partner really kind of cares about you enough mm -hmm. because they're not putting that time into you. We need to put time into the relationship. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, when our lives are very busy, you know, we want time for ourselves, we want time for a relationship, but there is that kind of, it, it, is, a, it is a balancing act. Absolutely. And uh, we've talked about attachment styles in uh, previous podcasts. So depending on your attachment styles, you will have very different needs and uh, very different underlying assumptions in, in connection with these needs. So, you know, so you might make different demands on your partner and you have different ideas about relationships. So just uh, I think what, what we would like to you really to take away as well from today's podcast is to don't assume that you know what your partner thinks or feels. You have to check. You never know. Um, so just because something is really important to you, that doesn't mean that it's important to your partner. Be clear that you're on the same page about this. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes to you know, negotiate what you want with them. Find the right time, find the right place to have that negotiation. Mm. And, you know, it is important as well. And I see this with a lot of couples over time is they don't make enough time to spend with each other. Yeah. Uh, it's easy to think, well, you know, and I think we talked about this in another podcast, is that your partner becomes just like something else in your environment that you see every day. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, it's not something different or something special. Mm -hmm. It's about taking time to value your partner, taking mm -hmm. time to, you know, taking time to talk. Yeah. You know, maybe spending an evening every week where you do go on a date or taking certain amounts of time that you regularly do spend together, not forgetting to put that time in to your partner, no matter how stressful life might seem otherwise, mm. you know, if your relationship gets affected, that's going to be an additional stress. So making sure you take that time, focus on your communication is so important. Mm. Yeah, so we talked about the sort of the, the what to communicate about. So we talked about expectations, we talked about underlying assumptions, etc. And another reason uh, to sit down and have a conversation or not sit down, but walk and have a conversation, find some time to talk about something is to kind of clarify these assumptions, being really clear, is this what we both want? Is this the expectation? Or also to clarify, for example, when you feel very hurt or disappointed by something that your partner has done or said, that is a good thing to talk to follow up on and to clarify with your partner. Was their intention to upset you? Or was there something that they didn't actually intend to do? but it just happened because you interpreted their behavior, their action, what they said in a particular way. So take the time also to clarify, is this what your intention was? Did you try to make me cry or did you cry to, did you uh, attempt to make me upset by saying something like this? Yeah, and just to, with my perspective as well, is nine times out of ten or even more, the other person doesn't intend to make you upset, doesn't intend to make you cry. In fact, I think it's very rare that is the case. Mm -hmm. When someone says something and this upsets us, is something triggers us as, as to a reaction, or maybe the other person is, is feeling defensive themselves. Mm -hmm. So they go on the attack a bit because they're feeling defensive about something or something's triggered them into an emotional state that they can't deal with. So it's it's often that the, the other person's not able to communicate at that time in the way that they want. They do say something in a way that then comes across 
maybe is attacking uh and and it's trying to resolve that without thinking my other you know they're, they're always trying to kind of hurt me absolutely so something that i often take as a starting point uh, in couples therapy is to to indicate to the couple that it's really important to start with the notion that you're ascribing noble intention to your partner so that your partner always has the best intention uh they're not there they're not there to to you know they're not out to get you all the time you might experience it as that but that's not necessarily the intention by your partner so just to to start from a positive uh, foundation is really helpful so um so what to talk about expectations clarifications and then of course it's really important to talk about frustrations which is kind of the next level isn't it is if you are if your expectations are not met uh if nothing has been quite clarified or maybe there has been an attempt to clarify but it hasn't really resulted in um in something that you find satisfying you might feel quite frustrated and any kind of frustration that lingers and festers is really unhealthy because it can kind of often uh accumulate get bigger and bigger and bigger and then there's this big eruption and often this big argument where everything kind of gets presented to the partner So frustrations if you are frustrated about something try to address that as soon as possible and follow the steps that we talked about earlier on about how to communicate so the finding the time to 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 present this to your partner making sure you've got your partner's attention and then communicating how you feel and why you feel so frustrated so that your partner has an opportunity to respond to your frustration by you know by clarifying from their side for example or explaining what happened uh in this particular situation that you found frustrating yeah absolutely and um i i think also being really clear about well being really clear about what it is that frustrates you but being careful with the why because i think mm-hmm. the problem with why is that mm-hmm. we then give reasons and often mm-hmm. the thing that we give reasons for they're not the real reasons we just come up with them thinking well this is why i felt this so this is why x y z mm-hmm. um i think sometimes describing actually what was going on um and and how it affected you mm-hmm. can be really mm-hmm. important absolutely Good. So and uh, so talking about expectation, clarification, frustrations, these are all things to talk about. But finally also it's really important of course to talk about the good stuff. So to affirm your love for your partner. So let them know that's something that needs to be communicated. Don't assume that your partner knows that you love them. Uh, I mean they do know probably fundamentally, but well it depends on where you are and what stage in your relationship. but they also need to hear it it's just nice to hear that from your partner that you love them that you care for them that you like something that they're doing something that they're saying anything really a compliment uh can go a long way in relationship as well just so affirmations of love are just as important Yeah, and I'd actually say that a lot of people don't know their partner loves them. No, you know, after no. a while you're in a relationship for some time, if you, if you stop saying I love you, if you stop doing nice mm. things for them, yeah. stop complimenting them, they may feel that they're not loved. Yeah, don't so, take it for yeah. granted. You can't take this for granted. And I'm actually it's really interesting. I frequently work with clients who, you know, tell me that uh, they feel loved by their partner, etc. but they have never expressed it. They've never actually said to each other that they love each other, which I find quite extraordinary. Yeah. It's quite uh, there's a lot of fear attached for many people to to express this as if they make themselves very vulnerable when they say this. So, you know, what's what have you got to lose? If you can't say this to your partner, then what's wrong in your relationship that you can't express that? 
well, it, it's also what what is it in your own experience in your history? Oh, like, yes, you know, if yes. you grew up in a family where your parents never expressed feelings, or sometimes expressing feelings led to feeling bad about it, mm. then you may find it difficult. Yeah. But if you go on and doing that, it's, it can lead to a very unhealthy relationship. And you know, I've mm. seen this with people where you know relationships end, or you know, a partner might have an affair because right. if they're not, if they don't feel that they're loved by the other person, we all need love. And we need so, to we need to yeah. we need to feel it, and we sometimes we also need to hear it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we may feel it through what we hear. Yeah. We may feel it through what we see, or we may feel it through a sense of touch. touch. We can explore that more uh, on another podcast. Mm, so there's different ways that we express that, and so we all have different ways of feeling that. So you know, for some of you, it might be that uh, you know just someone telling you "I love you" mm. is is what's needed. For somebody else, it might be kind of you know occasionally being bought flowers or kind of seeing something or the way you look at them mm. uh, for somebody else it's it's also not just saying I love you but the mm. tone of voice the yes. way that you say it is important mm. and then for other people it's the more physical side so being touched or making love or whatever it might be that also is an important part of feeling loved yeah that's what the that's the sort of love languages isn't it that you're talking yeah, about yeah let's talk about that in we'll leave in that for another podcast and, and pick that up because it's really important yeah Good. I think uh, finally also what uh, what might be important to, to convey in terms of communication is just to sort of see um, any form of communication as a way of connection. So when you are talking uh, about something that, might, that you might experience as conflictual, um, talking about it creates a connection. So even, you know, even if you're angry and frustrated with your partner and, and having communication and communicating with your partner, that creates connection. I think <clears throat> I'd be much more concerned, and I'm usually much more concerned with with couples who are, have got to the stage where they're both completely stonewalled, uh, where there is no more connection, where partners have actually withdrawn from the relationship because they've they've just simply given up. That's a, a very you know that's a very very troubling sign of any kind of relationship. So as long as you're engaging, even if you are having Sometimes a fight about something, that's all right. I mean, you will have fights, you will have disagreements, it's normal. Conflict is a healthy part of every relationship. As long as you're doing that, you are still seeking connection with your partner. That's what's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I prefer to relabel fights because fight does tend to suggest as a winner or a loser. Yeah. So I prefer to relabel them as, you know, maybe kind of heated discussions or yeah. kind of, you know, it could be arguments but again mm. we tend to think as a winner or loser whereas mm. you know in a, when we when we're having these sort of uh, discussions when we're feeling you know when we're having disagreements mm. it's about finding that discussion finding that kind of way to work together rather than one person wins one person loses Absolutely. yeah yeah good okay i think we can leave it there Great, yeah, so hope you've taken away some things from this podcast. Again, please subscribe if you haven't already, so you can tune into every episode. We're going to cover some really interesting topics, mm -hmm. as we have in the past. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to find out more about how to improve your relationship, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. And for more information about this podcast and extra notes, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com. That's our new website, and we look forward to... Uh, being in touch with you again next week with our next topic. So take care until then. Bye. Bye.